Welcome to the City Park Church Podcast. We are changing the culture of a city through the message of hope. Please share at cityparkchurch.com how God has touched your life through our messages. Thank you for listening. We do have some really good books, God. Thank you for staying. We will have some everything up and start to organize and decorate, okay? And it doesn't all need to be done today because um, we got a couple days. So I'll be working tomorrow if anybody wants to stop by. And then on Tuesday, some more decorations coming. So it's going to be fun. Going to be fun. Are you excited? To welcome uh, the city of Gresham into our building. It's always a blast. And Trunk or Treat starts at 4 o'clock and it goes till 7. And so we do have some flyers. Uh, there's some on the shelf on the way out. If you want to take some flyers with you, you can do that and invite some friends and some neighbors. Um, if they like to go house to house, they can come here first and then they can go do that or go house to house before that or whatever. Um, but also, you know, the whole city of Gresham blocks off their whole street, so there's tons of candy over there as well. More sugar than you'll ever need. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And then uh, we do have Bridge 58 Youth and All Church Prayer Wednesday night, and then Women's Bible Study as well. But um, God is doing God is doing good things. We got some. Thank you for bringing candy. Yes. I also bought some candy, all stocked, stocked down in my office. So we'll see how long that lasts. But then we got free coffee, free hot chocolate, free popcorn, and free games and fun. So it's going to be a good, good time. He's a good, good father, and he doesn't mind you having a good, good time. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, take out your phones. Everybody get your phones out and check in. I, I, see who, I see who checks in, so don't, don't take them out and pretend, right? I see everybody that checks in because I get a little notification. Who checked into your, your, your site? So thank you for doing that. We appreciate it. It's just part of evangelism. People know where you're at. Uh, they're probably thinking, do you go to church every Sunday? And you're like, you bet. Dang, because I love City Park Church. And that Pastor Bobby isn't bad as, as well. So praise the Lord. Check in. Glory to God. Oh, Sabila, you want to say one thing? All right. She's going to say one thing, then we'll run everything. All right. So um, the Thursday morning Bible study is reading a book together right now, which is called Victorious Emotions by Wendy Backland. And it is so good because it shares, um, you know, the struggle, especially women feel sometimes that we, we get locked up in our emotions and and we, we, we think the same thoughts and we don't have um, victory over it. If that's shame or, or just feeling unworthy or when we fall in relational stuff. And um, God has a word in Second Corinthians and says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So there's answers for our emotions to become whole. And we learn to li- really live in victory and changing our old belief systems. Because our emotions go hand in hand with, with our belief system. And changing our belief system gives us really the way into freedom. And I think this book is awesome for any man, for any woman. It's called Victorious Emotions. And um, I just wanted, for those who cannot be with us on Thursday mornings, you know, go get this book and read it. Because I think our failures in life have a lot to do with being drawn and living by our emotions. And God wants Give us, gives us emotions, they're good, but they shouldn't be our leader, right? God and the Holy Spirit should be our leader, and he really 
truly sets us free. So a little blip on what we're doing. Some of the women in this house, and I invite every woman in this house to look this book up and hopefully purchase it or borrow it from one of us and get the good news that he leads us into triumph in all areas. That's his way. That's how good he is. So. And we've got to take the offering. So um, if you guys would, um, uh, if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand up. And uh, thank you for your faithful giving. Uh, it does take money to run a church. This thing that I'm holding in my hand. You guys know that we've had issues the past month of this thing popping. Pop, 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 pop. These are brand new. Does anybody know how much these cost? $600 a piece. It's not cheap. And this is low end. So you've got to spend the money to have quality. That's just what it is. You buy cheap things, they don't last. These are Sennhausers. But, so it takes money to run a church. And um, all the money is up here in electronics. <laughs> but praise the Lord that we have the money to buy these kind of things and have the quality that, that we desire. So um, you guys ready to give? You can give on your phones. You can give uh, your, on your on the envelope, cash check, or write your credit card on there. And you guys are awesome. You know, Jim was amazing last weekend, and I will say it's probably one of the best offerings we've taken for a guest speaker, over $1,700. Yeah, give yourself a big hand. That is, That makes me proud. When I can give a guest speaker, and a lot of times if we don't get enough, we add to it because as a traveling minister for five years, you don't want to send somebody away with, you know, not even covering their plane ticket. You know what I mean? So to give a good offering like that. And he told me that we're one of the, the best giving churches as far as the churches that he goes to. So God is a good God. So thank you so much for your generosity. So let's pray over your offering because God's ready to bless your socks off. Hallelujah. So Father God, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you, Lord, for opening up windows of heaven, opportunities, investments, We thank you, Lord, for jobs, better jobs, raises. We thank you for bonuses, Christmas bonuses, holiday bonuses. We thank you, Lord, that we are rich and not poor, and we have more than enough to do everything you've called us to do, plus extra. Somebody say extra. You got extra in your bank account to do what God's called you to do and to give where he wants you to give. Somebody that agree with that said amen. In Jesus' name, thank you so much for giving. That video is supposed to have audio, so. Boom. We're talking about kingdom warriors, and um, we're on lesson number four. You can always uh, listen to uh, all of our audio or video online. You can listen to Jim's Bible School on our YouTube account, or you can also pull up the audio as well if you want to revisit his teachings, and uh, 
because there's a lot of stuff there. You just doesn't listen to it at one time. You can't get everything. It was rich and it was deep. So we're talking about being a kingdom warrior. Somebody say kingdom warrior. All right. So who is our teacher? It's not not a trick question. Who's our teacher? The Holy Spirit. All right. And there's two kingdoms. How many kingdoms are there? Two kingdoms. The kingdom of and the kingdom of. It's not it's not a trick question either. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil or Satan. All right. And they are at war with each other. Okay. They are at war with each other. The definition of a kingdom warrior that we've talked about is this. A relentless, trained, fierce, disciplined fighter. You guys there this morning? Look how you seem kind of sleepy. Maybe I need to have you stand up and do jumping jacks with me or something. All right? Somebody say this after me. A relentless, trained, fierce, disciplined fighter. Boom. Yeah, the kingdom warrior. You know what he does? His job is to destroy the works of the devil. Somebody say amen. And how do we do that? How do we do that? We do that by declaring and demonstrating. We declare and we speak the word of God and we demonstrate it by obeying what God's word says. So if we declare that healing belongs to us. Then the Lord says, lay hands on them. Then we demonstrate it by laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. I mean, no healing belongs to us. It is the children's bread. Hallelujah. And I, I don't want, even want to say anything about that movie I just saw. But, and it was a good movie, the Christian movie. But I can't take it. I can't stand it when they take stuff out of context in the Bible. When you're a pastor, you watch these Christian movies, you think, who wrote this script? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You just want the, you want the girl, the lady in the... I won't, I won't, I won't ruin it for you. You can go see it. It's, it's an okay movie, okay? It's written by evangelicals. <sighs> we are a three-part being. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Can you say amen? amen? And those three are at war with each other, whether we like it or not. Whether we like it or not, and it is his kingdom that we serve in his kingdom that we are obedient to. One of the things of the church is it's our job as pastors to teach disciples to observe everything that the Lord taught us. Somebody say, why church? Why church is to make disciples, teaching them to observe or obey everything that I've commanded. So basically, church a lot of times is obedience sessions, obedience training. It's like, wow, you know, like your dog, right? Sit, you know, <laughs> roll over, lay down, you know. I'm not, I'm not lowering you to the level of a dog, okay? But what I'm saying is this. Basically, that's what Jesus said. Teach them to observe everything that I've commanded. Why? Because when we, when we do that, when we observe everything that God's commanded, you know that victory is yours. So we're teaching you to be victorious warriors. Amen? So that you can overcome in every area of your lives. Do you want to? You can talk to me. This is not a Baptist church. Can you say Amen? We are, we are, this is not a Catholic church. You can say amen. You can stand up and shout. If you want to run the room, just go for it, all right? Hallelujah. 
There's a battle going on in your soul. And that's what we're talking about. It fits with the book that Sibylle and the, and the women are studying on Thursdays. But the Bible says, and we've talked about this, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against people. Our argument isn't, isn't against your wife. All the husbands say amen. Or your husband. There, there's a devil trying to get in there to destroy your marriage. The argument isn't with your boss, even though he's an idiot, but he isn't with him, all right? There's a devil in there trying to destroy your life, okay? Why, why are you left, Michaela? Your mother's your boss. What's, this, what's, what's the deal? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's, we, we are wrestling against spiritual forces of darkness, that are trying to divide us. They're trying to disunify us, to pull us apart. Our marriages, our friendships, they're trying to ruin your business and your business venture because he doesn't want you to prosper. He doesn't want you to have money. He doesn't want you to have more than enough. He doesn't want you to have extra in your checkbook. He doesn't want you to be healthy. He doesn't want you to be strong. Are you out there? That's the battle. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. And one of the ways that he does that is he attacks your mind. It's the battlefield of the mind. That's where the battle is. The battlefield of your, of your soul, your emotional level. Attacking your feelings, your emotions, trying to get you to, to observe what you feel instead of observe the word of God. And the world lives by how they feel. That's why they're in big trouble. Because whatever feels good, they do it. And they, they, they follow after those feelings and those emotions. And those, those emotions will lead them down paths of destruction because that's the realm where the devil works. He works in that soul realm. He attacks that soul realm. So how do we combat that? How do we fight against that? How do we win in that area? Number one is this. You guys ready? You should have a, a handout that was passed out if you want to fill in the blanks so that you can take this home. A lot of people like this. They've said they like this, so we'll keep doing it for a while here, especially in this series, because there's so much, and uh, we're going to cover so much ground today. First thing we need to do is this. As far as our thinking is concerned, we have to think about your thinking, number one. Think about your thinking. Kingdom warriors must take control of their thoughts and choose to think as Christ thinks. Now, you can come to church, you can study the Bible, you can pray, but if you don't make decisions to act in line with Christ and his word, the whole thing will be ineffective. If we don't learn how to do battle on the battlefield of your mind and learn that you have authority in that area, then the things attending church will be fruitless and powerless. So we're giving you tools to do that. You've got to think about your thinking. After John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Proclaiming the good news, he was saying, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. 
You can't repent of your actions until you repent of your thinking. Because thoughts lead to actions, which then lead to consequences. The Bible says, as a man thinks, that's what he is. Even though those thoughts haven't come to fruition or played out in your life, the more you think about it, the more that they become fantasies and the more that we allow those fantasies to be played out in our lives. Giving those thoughts and those, those fantasies permission to rule and reign in our lives. So there is a battle. They're called mind monsters. Somebody say mind monsters. And those mind monsters are trying to set up camp in your soul. Those mind monsters are trying to set up camp so that the ultimate goal of those mind monsters is to produce fatal fantasies. Fatal fantasies. God gave me three words yesterday. Fatal fantasies, mind monsters, and the last one I forgot, so I'll tell you later. I had a little, had a little sticky that I wrote. It. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Oh, look at that. Jesus is speaking to me. And sometimes you've got to write it down because you forget. Isn't that true? I have a little pad next to you. Here's the three words the Lord spoke to me. The devil targets thoughts to bring to your mind mind monsters that can eventually have fatal fantasies. Target thoughts, mind monsters, fatal fantasies. There is a constant battle and war waging against your mind. This is our biggest warfare, our emotions, our perception, how we see things. You can be born again, spirit-filled, but in your mind you are still tripping. So the decision is this, do I listen to the strongholds in my mind or do I fight those and yield to what God says and do what God says? Do I allow those negative things? It, it could be things of the past, could be things, you know, what people have done to you or said to you that have created strongholds inside you, habitual things that we've allowed ourselves to do in our past that have a stronghold in our emotion. We have a soul tie to it. You can have soul ties to people. You can have soul ties to experiences. You can have soul ties to food. You know, food produces feelings. You know, that's why we all love Thanksgiving. A turkey on the table. And it's either good for you or it's bad for you. You either have good emotions about Thanksgiving and holidays with your families or you have bad. You either, you you know, can't wait for the holidays to be over or you look forward to them and you don't want them ever to end. You have these emotional things the smells of the turkey cooking, the the smell of the pumpkin pie. All these things produce thoughts and emotions and fantasies, good or bad, inside of us. Constantly infiltrating the emotional level in our soul. The second thing is this. Think about your thinking as a conversation with the Holy Spirit and or spiritual forces of darkness. Think about your thinking as a conversation with the Holy Spirit and or spiritual forces of darkness. Psalm 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, 
nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So he's warning you in, in this first Psalm, David is warning you that if you're going to be successful in your walk, that you've got to be very picky with who you hang around with and who you get counsel from. Very picky. You've got to be very picky who you trust, who you reveal secrets to. Can anybody say amen to that? Very picky. And he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. What does he do with it? Not, he just doesn't love it, but what he does, he puts it into practice by doing this. And in that law, or in the word of God, he meditates on it day and night. He, he, he takes control of his thoughts. He pushes out the negative thoughts and he replaces them with God thoughts. Day and night, 24-7. The center of the spiritual warfare is the mind. When a thought to sin enters your mind, we, this is what we do. We engage this thing called an inner conversation. For example, the Holy Spirit may ask you to forgive someone or to pray for someone. But the devil is likely to counteract that, making you feel like you don't want to give or pray. Right? So that battle is going on in the mind. You know you should forgive, and the devil is saying the opposite. Well, why should you? Punish them by being mad at them. Don't forgive them. Gossip about them. Put them down. Spread negative rumors. You have a right to be angry. And we know that that doesn't help you in the least. And it hurts you more than it does the person who did something against you. Amen? There's that battle. Anybody have that battle going on? The whole forgiveness battle? It's like pull, push, pull, push, pull, push. You know what the word of God says and you know that when you forgive, it sets you free. (laughs) Because uh, when you don't forgive, your prayers are being hindered and not answered. So it's blocking you from receiving anything from God because unforgiveness will do that, right? Right? The Bible says in Mark chapter 11 that if you have any ought against anyone, forgive them when you pray. Amen? So you think, well, how come I'm not getting my prayers answered? Well, do you have or hold any unforgiveness in your heart towards someone? The moment that you forgive them, your prayers can be answered. Seeing it happen with healing, people get healed. Instead of going in and laying hands on them and anointing them with oil, the Holy Spirit will say they have unforgiveness in their heart. Go in that hospital room and say, do you have unforgiveness with anybody? It seems that we can't get you healed. And they'll be like, yeah. And the moment you pray, boom, they're healed. The Spirit of God is allowed to do his thing, do his work. That, that'll block you from receiving anything from God. Unforgiveness. There's a battle going on. So he may shift your perspective to focus on feeling awkward or embarrassed, or he may rationalize all the reasons why you should not obey the spirit. 
is what the devil does. Now, our actions do not have to be obedient to our feelings. So when you forgive, that doesn't mean you have feelings of forgiveness. You may not have any emotion at all to forgive. What do we do? As Christians, we do everything by faith. We forgive by faith. Feelings come afterwards, right? So what does that forgiveness look like? As I'm counseling somebody, I say, you know, you really need to forgive them. This is, this is really hindering you from the plan of God for your life. You need to get in there. Well, I don't feel like forgiving them. Well, I would say to them, feelings have nothing to do with it. Because most of us in that situation don't feel like doing it. But by faith, I speak out loud and I say, okay, I forgive them by faith in Jesus' name for what they've done to me. Pray with them. Have them speak it out loud. It's powerful. After you pray, you can ask them, well, how do you feel? Well, I still feel horrible. Well, it doesn't matter. Feelings will eventually change. Feelings follow your faith confession. You can change how you feel by being obedient to do what God asks you to do. Because the the feeling in the soul realm is not where we live. It's the realm of, of Satan. It's the realm of the devil. Thank God for good feelings. I'll take all the good feelings I can get. But those negative feelings will not control my life and will not lead me to make decisions based on how I feel. It is really the lowest level of living on the planet, living by emotions. But that's how people live. God's saying like, I will lead you. You can be led by my spirit and I will guide you into all truth. I will show you the path to go. It's going to be contrary a lot of times to your feelings because a lot of times when God leads you in faith, it's to a place that you've never been to before. You've never stepped out. When you step out in faith, it's, see, when, when we do things like that, when we, when we forgive or we do things when we don't feel like it because God led us to do it, you know what that's called? Courage. It's called courage. It takes courage. But when you do it and you start to do it on a regular basis, it gets fun. Because God starts to manifest himself. His presence His blessing starts to show up. Healing comes. Prayers get answered. Breakthrough happens. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's called courage. Conversations with spiritual forces. What kind of thoughts come at us? What kind of fiery darts? Thoughts of bitterness. Thoughts of resentment. Shame. I mean, no, shame can destroy you. Guilt and shame can destroy you. We just learned at our retreat that that doctors, non-Christian doctors have found that, that the foundation and the basis for mental illness almost in every case is guilt and shame. Guilt and shame. Allowing that to control your inner man to the point where you become mentally unstable. How many know there is therefore now no guilt, shame, or condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? According to Romans chapter 8. Somebody say, guilt go, shame go. 
You just need, instead of saying shame on you, you need to say, say shame off me. Hallelujah. Shame and anger. They were brought into this world by the devil. So they must be rebuked so that you can dwell on godly thoughts and actions and follow through with godly actions which produce godly consequences. Amen? Number three, think about your thinking as the process of renewing your mind. This is a process. This is a continual process. And as long as you live on this earth and you live in this world, you've got to continually renew your mind because there's a constant battle in this realm that we live in. The devil is the God of this world. And we live in his territory here. When you become a child of God, you no longer are underneath his authority. But that doesn't mean the attack isn't real and can continue to become real. As you grow in Christ, it does get easier. But you can't ever come to the place where you think you've arrived. Because the, the devil is deceptive. He knows your habits. And in your weak moments, he will try to come back at you. But the thing the devil does, he will always come back at you with the same things he's thrown at you for decades. He's looking for that weak spot. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2, famous scripture, but nonetheless powerful, says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Then it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So today what we're doing is we are not conforming to the pattern of this world because the pattern of this world is don't go to church on Sunday morning, sleep in, right? The pattern of this world is, well, don't go to church on Sunday. It's a beautiful day outside. Let's go to the beach. Let's go to the mountains. Let's go to the river. Let's get on the boat. That's the pattern, right? The pattern of this world is to get up and not give time to God in the morning. The pattern of this world is get up and read your emails. Make breakfast. Don't give God time. But what do we do? We get up and we say, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, love. I know you're sent from heaven above. Amen. I'm going to start my day out right and I'm going to get my stinking thinking out of the way. I'm going to say, devil, in Jesus' name, I'm controlling my thoughts and my emotions. God, the Holy Spirit lives in me and he's more powerful than you. He actually defeated you 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. I'm a child of God. I'm bought by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm going to think like God thinks. I'm going to think God thoughts and I'm going to be led by the spirit of God because I'm a son of God. Do you hear me, devil? You'll be like, whoa. You start slinging the blood around, he ain't going to stick around. You hear what I'm talking about? Because we're blood slingers. Are you out there? Sling, somebody say sling the blood. You start talking about the blood of Jesus, the devil right now, The devil is not in this room. I trust you. He's not in this room. He just left if he was. Because you start talking about the blood of Jesus, he's got to go. Amen? They used the blood, the blood to defeat the enemy. They painted the blood on the doorposts so the enemy wouldn't come in and kill their firstborn. The blood is powerful. 
Use the blood. It's one of the weapons that, that God has given us. The precious blood of Jesus has defeated the devil. We're blood slingers. Somebody say blood slingers. Transformed. Mind renewal. That information processing in your mind needs to change. And the only way it's going to change is if it's infiltrated with the word of God on a regular basis so that you're not thinking and you don't, you're not being led by your stinking thinking. You're being led by Holy Spirit thinking. Change your thoughts. Change your emotions. You can change your fantasies. You can change your imaginations. You can change your dreams. I said the word of God is powerful. Amen? And the more attack you have, you need to know that there's no lack of power as far as God's word and his spirit. He will heal you of all your past experiences and negativity because nothing is impossible. This is the answer. Not, psychology is good. Thank God for that. The, 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 thank God for, for the drugs we need temporarily. But I'm telling you, the permanent solution is Jesus Christ and his word. Hallelujah. Mind washing, mind renewing, Jesus thinking, thinking like him leads to success on this planet. Walking in his perfect will, thinking like him, being led by him to passive success, not for your sake, but for his sake. Because you represent him. And he's looking for some good representatives, not some lame congressmen and senators like we have. Can you say amen? That don't represent us. They're only representing their own interest and staying in power. That's not how Jesus works. Can you say amen? It's all about him. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about goodness. It's all about salvation. Come on, I'm preaching real good this morning. I need somebody to respond. Hallelujah. I don't care what you've been through. The answer is Jesus Christ in his word. Hallelujah. Not TVs, not movies, not CNN, not even Fox, but the Bible. You walk into someone's house and they got the news on 24-7. Well, I don't really listen to it. I just keep the TV on. Yeah, but it's infiltrating what you think. Even though you're not 100% paying attention to it, you've allowed this negativity to come into your atmosphere and in your realm. Amen? There's times we listen to Fox, you listen to one show, and, and you listen to the next show, they all say the same thing. Okay, I got the news. Turn it off. You know what I mean? I want to know what's going on in the world, but turn it off and fill your mind with the word of God. Fill your house with worship. Amen? You are in charge of the atmosphere that you live in and it affects your emotion. It affects your thinking. Get rid of the negativity. Stop hanging around the people that get you upset. They call you up and say, hey, you want to hang out? Say, no. Go away. I love you, but serious. You have to take control and not allow other people to control you. You're in control. Controlling people are annoying. It's always their restaurant where they want to go, what they want to do, how they want you to live uh, your life because they think their life is better. Come on. Are you serious? They don't even go to church. Why would you even listen to them? Claiming to be Christians and not going to church. Why don't you go to church? Well, sister so-and-so did this to me. 
Well, that means you're living in unforgiveness and bitterness. You're not even here from heaven because unforgiveness has blocked anything from God ever doing anything in your life. So why would I listen to you? Are you out there? Sometimes you've got to take a stand for what you believe in, for your own mental and emotional health and block people on Facebook. Can you say amen? Get them off your Instagram. Hallelujah. Delete, delete, unfriend. Sorry. I don't need to listen to your garbage. I don't need to listen to all your personal quirks all day long. Facebook is good to share pictures. That's pretty much it, all right? I don't care where, where you're eating and what food you're eating. <sighs> I said, I said, I said, um, I said um, you can renew your dreams. You guys know what REM sleep is. See, I have a degree in psychology, so I can talk about this with, with intelligence. A rapid eye movement, yes, thank you so much. That, that, that's the place where you get in your sleep where you dream. Have you ever heard of the term called REM paralysis? REM paralysis is when you have one of those, those reoccurring scary dreams. It's kind of like, has anybody ever had a dream where you're actually falling? You know, you get pushed off the cliff, you, off the bridge. Now, as you're falling, you're kind of awake, but you're not awake and you want to scream, but you can't scream. Ever happened to you? It happens. It's called REM paralysis. There's times where the devil will try to attack me while I'm sleeping. If he can't get you during the day, he's going to get you at nighttime, or try to get you at nighttime. Shows up, lying. Ask my wife, there's... It doesn't happen that often anymore, but I just get up shouting. Sometimes I'll get up like this. I can't say anything. Other times I get up and say, Jesus! Because I know if I say the name of Jesus, the dream's got to stop. He's got to go. So devil, you can't attack me in my dreams. I thank you that, I thank you God before I go to sleep for godly dreams. Amen. According to Acts chapter 2, I thank you that you actually give me dreams and reveal to me my future. I command those demonic reoccurring dreams to go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. Just just listen to this. It's a a long portion of scripture and I debated whether to read it or not, but it's just too good not to read it. It says this, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Paul is teaching the Ephesians, writing a letter to them, teaching them. He said this, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, Paul was pretty direct, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. There's a separation between how they live and how we live. What is he talking about? Living in the futility of their thinking. They're allowing their futile thinking to rule their lives. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Dang, if that ain't convicting. God, 
Forgive me for any hardening of my heart. Listen to this in verse 19. Because of the futility of the think, their thinking and the hardening of their hearts, Paul says, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learn. And you say, Amen. When you heard about Christ and you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to do what with it? To put off your old self, to put away your old thinking, right? Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness, Paul wrote this letter to Christians. Wrote it to Christians. He's, it's the same Holy Spirit is writing this message to us today. Why? Because he knows there's a battle going on. There was a battle going on in the futility of the Ephesians Christians' mind. And Paul felt the need, prompted by the Holy Spirit, to address the subject. Stop living like you used to live. Stop thinking like you used to think. When you get up every morning, put off the old, put on the new. If you've if you got to get up in the morning and you've got to just, you know, make believe, okay, Lord, I'm putting off the old and stepping over here and I'm putting on the new because I'm a new creature in Christ. All old things have passed away because all things are new and today I walk as new. Caesar, hallelujah, a representative of Jesus Christ. I'm new, new, new. His mercies are what? New every morning. Every morning there is mercy and forgiveness. God, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me, Lord. You, you wash me and you cleanse me. And I thank you. This is a new day. New day. New, new, new. You, you need to get up with that mentality. Every day is new. Have you ever just went to bed so defeated? Not wanting to deal with things? Not wanting to answer phone calls? even to the point where you're, you're so stressed you don't even want to pray. So you, just, you can't wait to get to sleep to actually forget about all the trials of the day. But there's something about the morning time. Amen? Where you get up and it's like, thank God, another day. Thank God that day is behind me. We're not going to allow that negativity to affect me. Sometimes I'll get anxious about things and about church. I deal with anxiety too having to command my emotions and, and command my anxiety to go and not be anxious about anything. I'm like, God, is that possible? I mean, that's what the word says, to not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make my request known unto you. I'm gonna give it to you. Cast my cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. So I carry around that anxiety, but there's something about going to bed and waking up in the morning where you know, ah, thank God, a new dose of God's mercy. Amen. It's a new day, new opportunity. Lord, I missed it yesterday. Forgive me for missing it yesterday, but today is your day. I'm going to get it right today. I want to please you today. I'm going to observe to do everything that you've commanded me to do today. I'm going to try to hit it 100%. Amen. It's possible. Doesn't mean we always get there. That's why you need mercy every morning. Amen. It's a process. It's a growth process. Hallelujah. Awesome. Awesome. Number four. Think about your thinking as 
practicing taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. Taking every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ or obedient to his word. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says the weapons, because warriors need weapons. Warriors need weapons. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. We're not fighting with guns and knives and swords and tanks, although the military does, but we don't, as far as the mind is concerned. But the weapons we fight with, they're not the weapons of this world. They're not seen weapons, they're unseen weapons. On the contrary, they have divine power to do what? Demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? That's a repetitive thought that you've had for years because of some negative thing that's happened to you unforgiveness, bitterness, whatever it may be, that has created a strong hold, literally a hold on your mind that you can't get free of. Perhaps you need one of us to to pray over you. Amen? Let's release that demonic stronghold that has a hold of your mind. Something your, your parents said, something that happened negatively in school with a teacher, that has caused a stronghold of guilt or shame, something that you can't get rid of. It's possible to get rid of that stronghold. You don't need to allow that stronghold to continue to control you. It can be gone. It can poof. It can disappear. It can go. But the only way it's going to go is by using the weapons of our warfare that he's given us. Thank God for counseling and thank God for natural things, but strongholds will not be released. They're spiritual and can only be dealt with in spiritual ways. It's a spiritual attack because we recognize that our fight is not against people or things. What happened to us has spiritual implications and it can only be dealt with in the spirit. It may have been a natural thing that occurred to you in a traumatic event, but the devil has used that traumatic event in the spirit to create a stronghold in your mind to stop you from progressing forward in your life. And it needs to be broken. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up. That's what it's doing. It's continually setting itself up against what? The knowledge of God. That's what it does. It comes against the word. That's why the word of God is so powerful. When you leave here, the devil has a plan to steal the word from you because he doesn't want the word to penetrate in your mind and demolish any strongholds concerning your thinking or your future. When he he leaves here, he's going to attack you because he knows the word is capable and able, if you apply it, to demolish those strongholds that that have had a a hold of you whether in your thinking or your emotions for years because he knows the word of God is more powerful than he. And so it's our decision, our decision to leave here and allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly against the knowledge of God and this is what we do. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ and we will be ready to punish Every act of disobedience, once your obedience is complete. (laughs) 
So if you have feelings of inferiority and you've been attacked with them, nobody loves me, nobody cares for me, nobody wants to hire me, nobody this, you have these, this inferiority complex, we call it. And, and you, you can't see it on people, but many times you can by the way they walk, by the way they talk, by the way they talk to me. If, they can, if, if I have a conversation with somebody, they can't look at me in the eyes and, and they're looking elsewhere and, and they lack confidence. The spirit of inferiority has, has created a stronghold in their mind because of perhaps failures and, and, and things that they've been accused of or things like that. It's set up this, this spirit of inferiority. So what demolishes the spirit of inferiority? When you get a hold of the fact that you were created in the image and likeness of God, amen, that you are no longer a child of Satan, you are a child of God, and that he is your good, good father, and he has good plans for your life, plans for you to prosper, amen, and to be in health even as your soul, your emotions, your thinking prospers. Hallelujah. When you begin to get the word in you, and you can say the word like that out loud, you don't need to quote it, you know, verse and and word for word, but you get the word of God in you, how do you demolish those strongholds? Out loud, speak the word against it. Amen? Don't be silent. The devil can't read your mind, but he certainly can hear what you say. Now, God God knows everything. God can read your mind, but the devil can't read your mind. But when you start to use your mouth, your tongue, and your heart to speak the word of God, the sword of the spirit powerfully against those things that are attacking you, you need to get in your closet if you've got a roommate, you're a college student, go outside, take a walk through the field or down the street, and you do battle. How do you do battle? Speak the word. Speak the word. Sometimes you need to have a prayer session. Other times you need to have a word speaking session. Say to the mountain or the stronghold, be removed. Be removed. I will no longer allow these feelings of inferiority to dictate who I am and what I will do with my life. I will hold my head up high. I will look people in the eyes with confidence because I know who I am and I know who my father is. I know that I was created for a purpose. Hallelujah. That's what you got to do. You got to get aggressive and you've got to be like a warrior. And use your words and use the scriptures. If you don't have the scriptures memorized, look them up, write them down. Stick them on the dashboard of your car and on the way to work, you read them out loud and say, devil, let me remind you today that I was created to do this job and God has blessed me with this job, amen? And I will prosper in this job, amen? And I will have favor with my boss and I will make all the sales. I will be the number one salesman eventually because Holy Spirit, you are a great salesman, amen? You lead me to people who wanna buy my stuff, Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord. Everything I do is prospering. Everything I touch turns to gold. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. This is what you got to start saying. Stop saying, oh me, oh my, I'm never going to make it. I'll never have enough. If you keep saying that, that's what you're going to have because you get what you say. If somebody ever listened to my words and what I say sometime, they would think I am the most prideful, honorary person. But I'm not. I know who I am. And I know what belongs to me. And my fight isn't against them. My fight is against you, devil. I'm taking back what you stole. Give it back to me. 
man, having a good time this morning. This is good. You guys know that I preach to myself too. I, I, as I preach to you, I encourage myself. It's true. These verses teach you that you can control your thoughts. If you walk into a gossiping conversation, right? And a thought enters your mind that you want to add fuel to that fire, you must say no. No, I will not participate in this. I will not degrade people. And I will be, not be a part of this gossip party. I am going to believe the best of them because Jesus has believed the best of us. And I would not be here doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for his faith in me. If you're in a group around you that is engaging in behavior that doesn't honor God, you may be tempted to join in. But you have to remember that God is still there. Take the thought captive and say it out loud, no. Come on, somebody shout no. No. Really loud, shout no. No. These, many times, these random thoughts, the devil has the ability, according to Ephesians chapter six, to shoot fiery darts at your head with random thoughts that don't belong to you. When a random thought appears in your head, And you think to yourself, where did that come from? You know it's a direct demonic attack to get you to think like he thinks. At that point, you say out loud, no, that's not my thought. And that's not who I am. That's how we do spiritual battle. Like a runner who must discipline their body to finish a long race, you must discipline your mind to keep it on track. Rebuke those negative and sinful thoughts and focus on God-honoring thoughts. This is done by destroying the works of the devil in our mind. I'm going to give you three last things here on your sheet and then we're going to go to prayer. How do we destroy the works of the devil? Number one, invite the active presence of the Holy Spirit into your thinking and your conversation. The Holy Spirit needs to be stirred up fresh every day to fill all the areas of your life and your being. Invite your presence into your day, your thoughts, and your decisions before you even get out of bed. Acknowledge him as your teacher, your leader, your God, your encourager, your counselor, and your advocate. Make a conscious choice to recognize and seek out his presence in all that you do. By applying the word in prayer in all things, you are a kingdom warrior fiercely and relentlessly fighting the spiritual battle with these spiritual weapons. In his presence is fullness of joy. Sadness cannot stay there. Invite his presence. All you do is say, Lord, I thank you. I invite your presence into this place. Thank you, Lord, for not only living in me, but I thank you that your presence comes upon me and surrounds me and protects me. Secondly is this, asking the Holy Spirit for a biblical perspective on your thoughts. 
John 14, 26 says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So listen, as you invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to go with you throughout your day, acknowledge his presence and ask for his guidance. Where do I got to go? He will help you with the hardest things and he'll help you with the easiest things too. I got seven errands to run. How many know he knows ahead of time how the lights change and where the traffic is? God can help you get through your day and get everything done that you need to get done without freaking out with peace, right? One name for the identity of a Christian, the identity of a Christian, the identity of a Christian is called the gate of heaven. The gate of heaven. A gate is a passage between one realm area and the other. As a gate of heaven, the Holy Spirit can flow through you from heaven to earth. And you can carry his presence wherever you go. And lastly is this, number three. Submit to the power of the Holy Spirit to respond as an act of worship. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive the Holy Spirit when he comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, the devil wants your worship and he pursues it by getting you to make decisions that trust his counsel instead of God's. You have choices to make all day long in how you're going to act, react, and interact. These actions can either honor God or they can honor the devil. This is why you need to invite the Holy Spirit into your life and activities all day long. This is ground zero for your battle. Now, honoring God requires obedience. Obedience to the Holy Spirit, even when it feels awkward or unfamiliar. If a thought comes into your mind that's like in left field, and you know that it's a biblical thought, at that point, you need to decide how you're going to follow it by faith. Because sometimes God will put a thought in you and you think, what? You want me to do what? And you know it's coming deep down from here, not here. You know it's not on the emotional realm. You know it's deep down inside and God is repetitively saying something. And you're like, God, I have never done that before in my life. And God's saying like, I know. Well, God, I don't have a degree in that. I know. Can't get people with degrees to do it. God, I've never started anything like that. I know. God, it doesn't make sense. I know. But if you'll do it, I'll show you that it can work. See, following by faith, God will say some things you don't understand in your head. A lot of times he'll do that. And you follow it by faith. 
and he unveils things in your life and blesses you that reveal in you the deepest desires of your heart. But the only way that you're ever going to fulfill those desires of your heart is you're going to have to do something you've never done before. And he's going to lead you to places that you've never been before. And it's going to take courage. It's going to take courage. It's going to take risk. It's going to be like, okay, God, this does not make sense. And I'm going to be very careful with who I share this thought with. But I'm going to do this. And I expect you, God, to show up there. I'm going to lay hands on that that person in the hospital. And I thank you, Lord. You're the healer that lives in me. Amen. By faith, I'm going to pray over them. Amen. And I expect you to show up, God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're never going to see a miraculous healing if you don't pray for people to be healed. You're never going to see a breakthrough in the financial realm if you don't follow through in the giving realm. It, it won't happen. If you, just, if you just keep hoarding your money and keep praying for prosperity, stop praying. It ain't going to work. It doesn't work. And then you're going to get all bitter and you're going to blame God that you're poor. God's saying, my word says give. Be generous. And if you're addicted to giving, he'll support your habit. Amen. You won't see someone come to faith and receive Jesus as their Savior unless you witness to them. You can pray all you want and thank God for prayer. But when God says, open up your mouth and share the gospel, you can pray for your mama and your daddy and your uncle and cousin Susie all you want, but God may have you open up your mouth to share the gospel and not just share the gospel, get to the point where you confront them and say, you know what? You can receive Christ right now as your Savior. Hold my hands. Let me pray with you. You don't need to be a pastor to do that. Ooh, hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. I remember I witnessed to my sister, and I'll end with this. My sister Ellen just talked to her on the phone. I witnessed to her. I called her on the phone. She thinks I'm crazy. I graduated from college and I went to Bible school in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. My mom was like, Broken Arrow? So I'm witnessing to her. I can tell she's, she has inferiority, dealing with confidence issues. And I said, you know what? The only thing that's going to solve that is Jesus. I said, you need to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again in order to see the kingdom of heaven. If you want the kingdom of heaven not only to open up for you eternal life-wise in the afterlife, but if you want to see the kingdom of heaven manifest on this earth in God's goodness, you need to receive him as your savior. And so I, I just kept calling her, bugging the snot out of her, you know. Oh no, it's my brother, the Bible school student, Bob. I witnessed every person in my family. I was the first person in my family to begin, become born again and, and leave the Catholic church. That was a big sin back then excommunicated <laughs> they all thought I'm nuts but I remember here I was in my apartment in Broken Hour, Oklahoma I had a roommate his name was Dexter he was a black guy from Virginia Dexter was a prayer warrior 
we rented a one-bedroom apartment. I gave him the bedroom. Don't ask me why, but I felt generous. And I had a mattress in the living room. And I hear Dexter praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. He'd be shouting, praying in the spirit in, in his bedroom. So I'm feeling guilty. I better pray too, right? So I'm out there praying, praying out there. He's praying in there. I'm praying out there on my little mattress that I got from the We Care. You know, the We Care is the place you go to to get free stuff because you can't afford it at church, you know? We used to go there and get top ramen noodles and, and macaroni and cheese because that's all we survived on until I got a job at McDonald's and I could eat quarter pounders for a year. Literally, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for McDonald's, I wouldn't be alive today. Dexter came out of his room, and this was right before our first year of Bible school. I was going to fly home for Christmas. He kneels down next to me, and he prophesies to me. He said, Bob, he said, when you go home, your sister will get born again and someone else in your family. I was like, I was like, I got on the plane. I flew back to Massachusetts, went up to my sister. I looked at her, and this is what I said. Are you ready? didn't say anything else to her. She looked at me in horror. She was like, no. I grabbed her hand. I said, I knew she's ready. I said, pray this with me. She got born again. The next day she got filled with the Holy Spirit and she went to Bible school. Amen. So you gotta, you, you gotta be aggressive sometimes with love, everything in love. But I don't understand the witnessing. You got to learn to be a salesman and close the deal. You know what I'm talking about? We pray for our relatives to get saved, everybody saved, but we never ask them, would you like to receive Christ right now and pray with me? It only takes a second. The greatest miracle that can ever take place is the transformation of somebody that becomes born again as a Christian. They, they go from death to life and all, it, all, it, all that has to happen is confessing Jesus as Lord and believing in your heart God raised him from the dead. That's it. That's how I got saved. I don't know about you. I didn't need to be prayed through. I didn't need to be shouted at. I knew that I needed a Savior because my life was going down the wrong road. Why not try Jesus? I've tried everything else. Amen? tried everything else and everything else wasn't working my question is why do people always put Jesus on the bottom of the list why don't they just try him first okay if he doesn't work you can go on to drugs and stuff like that afterwards you know but you know he's gonna work you know he's the freedom giver amen let's all stand up Father God we praise you this morning we thank you for ammunition for the fight bow your heads, close your eyes. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us to take our thoughts captive and then making them obedient to you. We thank you, Lord, that every day throughout the day we can invite you, Holy Spirit, in. And I ask you, Lord, to empower us to respond to circumstances in ways that honor you. I thank you, Lord, and I speak right now in Jesus' name to strongholds strongholds in people's minds and thoughts and emotions. You guys can lower the lights for me. I just thank you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Strongholds are being broken in this place. I say, devil, you take your hands off of minds. 
You take your hands off of personalities that you've got a hold of. You take your hands off of emotions and the emotional realm that are wreaking havoc in people's lives. And we sling the blood of Jesus over this place. We say, devil, in Jesus' name, you have to go. You no longer can wreak havoc in people's emotions and in their soul level. We just thank you, Father God, for this journey. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us to use these weapons and apply the word of God and to speak the word of God against these strongholds in Jesus' name. And we praise you for that and we thank you for that. Because we are kingdom warriors. We're going to put up the kingdom warrior prayer and we're going to say it together. Stephen's going to get that up there. And i got to go over here and read it because I can't see. You guys ready? There's something about speaking the word out. There's something about speaking the word out. Okay? Something about speaking the word. You can't fight the devil silently. Can't do it. Somebody says, well, we're going to have a moment of silent prayer. You You might as well play cribbage. It doesn't do anything. Okay? As far as the devil's concerned. You got to speak. You got saved by speaking, and you'll get free by speaking. Amen. You got to speak to the mountain. You got to call it removed. So that's what this prayer does. Are you guys ready? I need passion. I need volume. I need conviction. Here we go. Ready? Begin. Heavenly Father, as a kingdom warrior, my desire is to demonstrate the kingdom of God with my life, destroying the works of the devil. As a kingdom warrior, I must have a clear understanding of my identity in Christ. My identity will dictate the authority and power you have given me. As a kingdom warrior, I cannot fulfill my mission without the Spirit of God moving through my life. Therefore, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to fill me with a powerful anointing. Fall upon me and equip me as a warrior for the battle. As a kingdom warrior, I must have a renewed mind in order to take every thought captive, dwelling only on thoughts that are acceptable to you. As a kingdom warrior, I will create an atmosphere of faith by speaking life to everyone I meet. As a kingdom warrior, I will review every situation from your perspective, focusing on what you are doing more than Satan is doing. As a kingdom warrior, my hands must carry the powerful anointing of God that breaks the spiritual chains on people's lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, let's praise him. We thank you, Lord. We are kingdom warriors. Praise you, God. Thank you. The word of God is working in our lives, in our families' lives, in our children, in our grandchildren, in our friends, in our workplace, in our neighborhood. We thank you, Lord, for that. And we praise you, Lord. Use us, God, this week to be kingdom warriors, to speak the word of God with boldness and compassion, all in love, God, but to speak it with conviction. Because we know that the only way to break that stronghold and the only way to have peace in our souls, the only way to have breakthrough in the emotional realm is by the application of your word it's powerful and it's healing and you said in the book of Psalms that you sent your word and healed us in every realm spirit, soul and body the devil 
likes to target thoughts to create mind monsters so that eventually you have fatal fantasies. No more. No more. Those, I'm just speaking to some people now, those fatal fantasies that you've allowed yourself to imagine if you don't nip it in the bud right now, you will allow those fatal fantasies to play out in your life. Why do husbands leave after 25 years of marriage when nobody had any clue what was going on because they allowed fatal fantasies to dictate their thinking and they kept it secret for decades and all of a sudden it came to the point where that fatal fantasy controlled them and they allowed it to make decisions for them. I don't know your secret thoughts, but God does. You guys know the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And relationships take time. And the only way they prosper is through faithfulness and commitment. Sticking to it when you don't feel like it. Sticking to it when you have fights, because there will be. When you don't like each other, or don't want to even be around each other but because you made a covenant whether it be marriage or friendship you made a covenant you stick with them amen because really it's long term relationships that are blessed amen when you can go through the thick and the thin and you can get on each other's nerves and you can still love each other and respect each other it'll make for a good thanksgiving amen because we have the power to forgive and forget Amen. Hallelujah. Sorry, I'm thinking about someone else a lot than the Lord is speaking to me about. The love of God will transform your life. God knows everything. So stop hiding from Him because He just knows. And you, you already know. You already know. Those thoughts are not pleasing. But somehow the devil deceives you to thinking that God doesn't know or that God's not listening. The thing is, he really cares. And through the message today, the Lord, you know, is speaking to you individually that, hey, I need to take control of my thought life. I knew that when I went to Bible school, that it wasn't just for me to learn the word to preach. I needed two years of the word of God being taught every day to renew my mind and my emotions from 25 years of living like the devil. I needed that two years of, you know, you guys know concentrate is more powerful than the regular at the store, right? I needed a concentrated effort of liquid detergent. Not not just the Purex, I needed the Tide. You know what I'm talking about? I needed the concentrated effort of that liquid detergent to wash me of my negative thoughts and the things I allowed myself to think about for 25 years if I was ever going to be in God's will because I knew being in God's will had to do with my thinking to prove that that His will is perfect and acceptable and good. I needed to get my thoughts right and start thinking good thoughts and God thoughts. 
Amen. Turn to somebody and say, man, I got it this morning. You guys are blessed. We, uh, in a few minutes, if you're helping, we'll have a little food downstairs and we will go down into the basement. And if you want to help spend an hour with us and you're not even scheduled to help, that's fine. Go eat a couple pieces of pizza. We'll go down in the basement and we'll start bringing up all the games and everything else. And bring them upstairs and put them in the, the room, the middle of the room downstairs. And uh, we'll get it all coordinated and get ready for the big fall festival. Thank you so much for coming to City Park Church today.